Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tenderloins, Euchre, Basketball, Indiana Stuff. Breaking news, by the way, uh, here in this segment called Indiana Stuff. In a roundabout way, this has to do with Indiana. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who plays for the Iowa Hawkeyes, very famous female college basketball player, the best, well-known, biggest name in college sports right now, I would say, has declared. We didn't know if she was going to go to that fifth COVID year that she was allowed to take or enter the WNBA draft, which the Indiana Fever have the number one pick. She has formally announced on X that she is entering the draft for the WNBA. This is big news for our friends that work over at Pacers and Sports Entertainment because the Fever, they've got that top pick, which means unless they're complete morons, (laughs) they're going to draft Caitlin Clark. And man, there's a lot of people that want to watch her play the game of basketball. She's a shooter. She's got her act together. Seems like a good citizen. That's good news. She is uh, about 18, just 18 points away. She broke the women's all-time scoring record. Right. Uh, but now she, I'm reading here, what is it? Clark is just 18 points away from breaking Pete Maravich's record of 3,667 points. And she's we've got quite a ways to go before the end. Of, well, when's the end of the regular season for? So they're getting close, but then she's got Big Ten tournament. Yeah. And then the NCAA tournament. I will say this for Pete Maravich, and I said this before. The dude played three years of college basketball, and there was no Uh, three-point line. uh, And a lot of the shots that Pete would chuck up there would have been three-point shots. Yeah, but still. But he's still – nobody's broken that record. Right. Scoring machine, man. Man or woman. And Caitlin Clark, she is a brand. She's bringing some brand recognition. This is a big, big thing that's going to happen to the Indiana Fever. So that's awesome. Uh, you may have heard on the news earlier, Harrison Silcox was talking about this, a bill that put the future of the blue line, the Indigo blue line in question, is now dead. And the reason why it's dead is that dead. the folks that were talking about it got what they wanted. The whole point of this thing possibly dying was it was taking up lanes of traffic that cars could not use. Right. Well, now there's been some sort of compromise where essentially two lanes of general traffic will be maintained in each direction of Washington Street whenever possible. Yeah, I thought the whole... I I don't... The guy behind this bill, I don't think they were trying to kill this thing. They just wanted to make sure that there were more than, like, you know, one lane of traffic going each way. Right. It was more... It it would have just been more congestion and more traffic. He came on our show and talked about it. He wasn't against the lines. He just was pro-traffic being able to move around on Washington Street, which if you take away a dedicated lane of traffic, that's going to back up and be a nightmare. So I think this is a pretty good compromise. Every once in a while, you get a good compromise or a good trade. Like the Pacers and the Sacramento Kings, 
They had a good trade. It benefited everybody. The Kings got Sabonis. He helps them because they needed some muscle. And the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. He became the face of the franchise. Everybody won on that. Both teams are better are, because of it. Are they? Is there a concerted effort? And I've heard other people on the sta- station talking about this, a concerted effort to make it more difficult for people to drive downtown and encourage the use of these systems instead of cars. I think so, but they're going to have a hard time pushing yeah. it out because I think everybody knows what's going on. Let's not kid ourselves. The city county council and boss hog set and all of his cronies. It's not about the traffic. It's about wanting to look progressive so they can get better jobs one day in other markets. The reason Joe Hogg sets the mayor now was that loser couldn't get hired anywhere else. So he came back and decided to be the mayor again. And now he can say, well, we are reducing emissions. Look how progressive Indianapolis is. We're like the Midwest Seattle, to which those lunatics is a good thing. So that's what it's about. And I'm happy that this little compromise comes along. If somebody needs to ride a bus, great. But don't block down an entire lane of traffic that most of us need because of it. That's all we're asking here. Uh, U.S. Senate hopeful John Rusts, once again, trying to fight to get back on the Republican primary ballot. According to a verified petition for judicial review filed in Marion County Court yesterday, Rust is requesting that an order made by the Indiana Election Division to remove him from the ballot was unsupported by, quote, substantial evidence. So what happened was the election board basically said, hey, for you to be on an Indiana primary ballot, you had to have voted in a couple previous primary ballots. Right. He did not do that. And he had not received certification to run from a county Republican chair. Those are two stipulations under Indiana's code that are required. Rust allegedly did not meet those, so they kicked him off the ballot. Now, I know folks like Rob Kendall are saying, screw it, just let him on. The more people, the better. Power to the people. I get all that. And Rust is saying, listen, I'm a good dude. I'm ready to run. I'm petitioning. petitioning. I think you missed out on some evidence here. So we got some legal stuff going on. I'm fine with that. Jim Banks will tell you, as he said on this show, that Rust is a Democrat. That's that true. Is, that has voted that way. Now, he did I, well, say no, that look, on I, this show. And I believe that was the first time we had, and I think Jim Banks is the first, first time I'd ever heard him respond that vigorously to his to a, to a man that wants to compete with him for that uh, Senate seat. Right. And we normally are not candidate interview guys on this show. We have on guests, but like when we have on Jim Banks or Senator Braun or whoever, we're talking to them about their current position in power. We were talking to Mike Braun about what he's going to do voting on this, you know, funding to Ukraine bill. Right. We talk about the border with Jim Banks and things like that. Somebody sent a tweet, might have been an email, I think it was a tweet the other day, ripping us because we were crapping on John Rust. I've never done that. I, 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 I'm on the record to say I thought he should be on the ballot. And I don't think I've really talked about it at all. Like, it's kind of a Rob Kendall deal. I don't want to step on his toes. He's passionate about it. You can get coverage about that with Rob. But it's funny how people hear what they want to hear. And we get this a lot in News Talk Radio. Somebody saying, Hammer and Nigel are against John Rust. 
No, we haven't even talked about Not it. Not at all. Not at all. Honestly, most candidate interviews bore the pants off of me. <laughs> Now We have to work overtime to make them sound interesting. Right. It's just not our thing for this show. For other shows, it's great. You know, Rob does a great job. Tony does a great job. But for this show, and eh, I sure got to bring a little entertainment value to the conversation here. I'd rather just do poop jokes. It's the <laughs> Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs>